This call is being recorded. Hello, this is John Smith from my podcast, Searching for Integrity. And I have a special surprise for you today, this Thanksgiving Day. Many of you have asked that I reproduce my showcase TEDx talk concerning my presidential pardon to be heard on my podcast. This speech was given in Philadelphia for the purpose of promoting my book, Embracing the Abyss. So here we are, here we go. And now my showcase TEDx talk, followed by comments from members of the audience. speaker is John Smith, and he currently lives in the hill country between Austin and San Antonio, Texas. He is a retired CPA, banker, and real estate broker in Texas and Colorado, and he's the author of Embracing the Abyss, a true story of unknowingly becoming part of a fraud scandal, receiving a presidential pardon, and being surprised by a spiritual awakening. His mission is the crafting of a message that people can put in their pockets and use in their everyday lives. Warm welcome to John Smith. Raise your hand if you know anyone who has received a presidential pardon and know the story behind it. My name is John Smith, and I really did receive a presidential pardon. At Vernon Savings and Loan, I was an executive officer in charge of administrative matters and compliance. I was a CPA. I was the chief financial officer of the holding company that bought the SNL. Due to deregulation and lax security, I watched the SNL grow from an $80 million balance sheet to $1.4 million in only four years. Savings and loans began having problems, regulatory problems, and ownership issues became very political. I left the company on my birthday to open a consulting service, believing that the world was at my doorstep. Life seemed positive until six months later, a constable delivered a very large box to my porch. I was being sued for $540 million, charged with fraud, conspiracy, Racketeering, you name it, they listed it. I dug through the box thinking it wouldn't be very long before they realized that I wasn't one of the bad guys. Not, but I didn't do anything. I didn't lie, I didn't cheat, I didn't steal. I wasn't one of those guys. I didn't go to the bars with them. I didn't fly on the company jets to California to play with the prostitutes. I was too busy coaching Pee Wee football and Little League baseball 
in a town there, tell us what we're there for. With the help of my godsend attorney, I was faced with a very angry federal task force. They didn't care if you were an officer or a secretary or a bill clerk. Everyone was guilty. Everyone was involved. I told my attorney that I wasn't one of them, that I wasn't part of whatever was going on, that I want to fight them because I'm on the right. And he said, there is no right side here. And the feds all have the might. John, don't you get it? You're on your way to prison. Don't you see that yet? Don't you understand there's nothing you can do? You cannot take on the federal government. Stop fooling yourself. You cannot defend yourself against the federal government. They'll take their biggest train and their biggest truck and they'll run right over you. They'll back up and they'll do it again. If you continue thinking that you're going to fight them, you have an enormous risk you're putting on yourself. And that is you'll lose everything that you own, bank accounts, investments, your home, probably your marriage. They hold all the cards, including the card of, of public perception. Even if you could separate yourself from, from the others, they're still going to view you as one of them. You've effectively been thrown into a purgatory of guilt by association. My attorney concluded that the only way to possibly hope of not going to prison would be to cross the Rubicon, become a member of the other camp. I would have to plead guilty. I would have to assist them in their investigations. Even if leniency was not involved. On a chilly February day, I entered a plea to one count of fraud for making a false statement not under oath or a financial statement I never saw. Sentencing was set eight months later in October. My attorney said I had this time to prove to the government what I could become of a trusted government witness. At that point, I began researching for the FBI. Every file and every box, every box in the warehouse. And then followed by multiple interviews, most every day of the week. The October day arrived. Judge Robert Maloney, known as the hanging judge, had prepared my sentence. I felt that the, that the courtroom was cold and stark. I knew as I stood in the courtroom, my insides were rattling big time. I almost was certain that everyone in the courtroom could see me shaking like this. 
Justice Department attorneys declined our last request for leniency. They did not change their position on whether I should have prison time or not. They wanted me to go to prison. The judge, one of my adult heroes, sentenced me to five years and 500 hours of community service. I would no longer stare at my bedroom ceiling in the morning when I woke, thinking I might be in jail. Two years later, the judge released me from probation and thanked me publicly for the cooperation I made and the role I played in the prosecution's investigations. For 14 years, I was a government witness for the federal government. Criminal and civil trials. In year 15, I got a call from the senior agent, FBI agent, who had prosecuted my case. He asked me to lunch. We met, ordered iced tea, and then he became very serious. He said he wanted me to know that he had been in touch with all of the Justice Department attorneys and the FBI agents that had worked my case, the Vernon Savings cases. And he said that we're all in agreement we should never prosecute you. It took me a bit to gather myself. When I got control of my voice box, I looked him dead in the eye and said, looks like you're buying lunch. He said that they didn't know much about pardon process, but they would try and help me if they could. I learned later on that I had saved the government thousands of hours and millions of dollars. What people don't know is when there's a pardon application, there's a, an investigation. For me, again, my neighbors would be interviewed, my employees, my friends, even my ex-wife. This was like our old friend Yogi Berra telling us it's deja vu all over again. I hand wrote and typed my application for pardon. I didn't use a lawyer, nor did I consult with one. I had to do this myself. With fingers crossed, I signed and submitted my application to the government for presidential pardon. From then on, every Thanksgiving, I would, I would call my pardon attorney who I was assigned to. Her name was Hope. And I would say, I was watching TV and I saw where President Bush is pardoning another attorney. She would say, now, Mr. Smith, you know, I can't tell you anything about your application. And I, my reply was, yes, ma'am. I was just checking to see if it's in the trash or not. Five years passed. The phone rang. It was hope. And without, without due haste, he said, Mr. Smith, we inform you that President Bush has signed and, and granted you your pardon. And I see you Merry Christmas. Just like that. You know? Just like that.
I've tried many times to summon all her. Was I that I survived? That I persevered? That I was a victim? That I was screwed? I do know that as time passes more and more, I simply believe that I was selected. I can tell you as I stand before you that I'm living proof that there's a greater presence out there. Over the years, I learned to believe in your courage, to hope for determination and willpower, to maintain faith and believe in yourself. I think I can. I think I can. Reaching the top and coming down the other side. I knew I could. I knew I could. These are the words from. Life has its challenges, whether you want them or not. Have faith, believe in your courage, and never give up. I sat on the edge of my chair, mild mannered. CPA, kind of quiet, and then you hear his story. You know, and, and my God, you can't do anything but trust him and trust that he will make it through his delivery, his story, is spellbinding, and I'm glad I got to hear it. Wow, that was, I was blown away. It was ribbit. It was. I was on the edge of my feet. I mean, just the way he tells the story and with such grace, humility, and I can't believe what he went through. It was just, but it's such an inspiration the way he dealt with it and in the end, how he kept the faith. Amazing. So inspiring. We can't even begin to imagine the endurance, the. Uh, the, the grit that he had to deploy, the self-reflection, I mean, uh, unbelievable. I, I think his story deserves to be a movie. I really do. I think that uh, uh, a story about not only what happened, but how he got through it is uh, incredible.